Peace, world. Hope everything's going well in your circle, square, or whatever, like, you know, shape you want to put yourself in. As long as there's no box. Don't be in no box, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the After Hours Podcast, Episode 9. And this time around, because it's like a brand new year, 2018 is all up in your face, I wanted to get everybody's money right. So I had to like talk to two cats who definitely know a lot about money. Uh, one of the cats is Damon Johns. You know him for the TV show Shark Tank, but if you a cat who lived through the 90s, you might know him from FUBU. If he was like really rocking in the early 2000s, you might have know he also had a record company, you know, with his partners from FUBU and they was making music. But this dude definitely knows about investing and putting his money in the right places. And maybe the words that he has this time around can help you out. We want to see you succeed. Also on the other side of that coin is a guy who has managed to thrive and do very well outside of music. Talking about Praz from the legendary rap group, the Fugees. Now, a lot of people always give Praz a lot of crap, saying like, you know, he's the third guy, you know, he's not Lauren, he's not Wyclef, but yo, out of everybody in the Fugees, he seems to be the most financially sound. Like, you know, when's the last time you seen him in the papers, like, for not paying his bills, huh? Yo, Praz been on it. No jail time, smart investments. He came through wearing a purse, but it was a man purse, and it was nice. Not saying that I want one, because it's a purse at the end of the day, but wait till he tells you how much it was worth. So anyway, buckle up, just enjoy the ride. It's Head Crack After Hours Podcast, Episode 9. Damon Johns, what up? Thank you for having me back, man. I love it here. Yo, man. I yeah. love this city, man. Atlanta's great. You know, you see so much entrepreneurialism yeah. going on, and I know you could definitely, uh, you know, salute that. Yes, absolutely. Like, you gave us hope. You and your whole crew from FUBU back in the day, man, you, you gave the streets hope, man. Well, I, you know, I, I think it was a symbiotic relationship because we would come out here and we would see how many people were supporting the brand, and it was probably probably our number one market, and it just made us want to do better. So, so I mean, and that but that's what entrepreneurship is, right? When you have something, a good idea, and people people gravitate towards it, they keep pushing you, man. You keep doing it, keep doing it. God bless you, you know. And um, and and it's been a really great ride. I was having a conversation about this the other day with somebody just talking about fashion. Mm. You know, like in urban fashion, we never have the ability to get hot, cold, hot, cold. It's like we are either hot or we're cold. Mm -hmm. Like, but you look at, you know, like, you know, other designers, like, you know, like, you know, Tommy Hilfiger, I have a season and then no one's rocking them for a while and it comes back. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like polo. Why do you think that is within our community? Why things can't be hot and cold and hot again? I think that we haven't had a long enough history doing it because if you think about it, you know, before us, the ones who paved the road for us were Calk and I and um, uh, Cross Colors, right? And let's say those were, you know, in, uh, you know, in, in the 90s, right? But those other brands have been around from 70s and, you know, maybe Tommy Hilfiger, right? Uh, late 80s. But I'll give you an example. FUBU has a resurgence these days. Um, you know, Chris Brown's been wearing it now and he's been oh, wow. calling it... Um, F you by by us, you know what I mean. So, so now it's 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 kind of like being embraced by the newest generation. I think it just needs time because they say that um, fashion has a ten year cycle, and, and, and that's pretty much what it is. So give us give our people some time. I, I think that people are starting to find out about the Sean Johns and the Meccas and the Shabazz brothers all over again and walk aware. What was your favorite that. one, like, you know, growing up? I'm from Hollis, Queens, right? So we were all born with Shelto Adidas, right? You <laughs> right. know, Shelto Adidas, uh, uh, Gazelles, and, you know, the big hats because of Run DMC and a fat gold chain, right? Uh, but it, it would be Kalk and I. Kalk and I was, is the one that really, you know, when I, I remember walking to the store the first time and, and seeing this hang tag with this guy who kind of looks like a little version of Mike Tyson, but he was designing clothes. And I said, wait a minute. 
he looks just like me. I can do it myself. And I was standing one time in Las Vegas. It was the magic show, the trade show. I didn't have no money to get into the show. I was at the Mirage Hotel. I had $20 on me to eat for the next three days, right? And I saw Carl and I walked by and I ran up to him to get an autograph. And he said to me, hey, you're, you're the young man in the little FUBU ad. And he knew who I was. And I was like, holy crap, he knows who I am. And then he said, I said, I don't have no money to get into the magic trade show. And he said, be my guest, come tomorrow. And I went to his booth the next day and he introduced me to every single buyer that I ever wanted to meet from like Dr. J's and Macy's. And he reached out his hand for me. And then he became obviously my idol at that point. That's awesome, you know, that he looked out. Because you hear so much amongst, you know, us in the business, mm -hmm. so much of a crab in the barrel mentality. So for a guy like that, you know, to reach back. I am, I have, I, I'm a product of amazing people in the industry who have helped pull me up. So whether it's uh, Ed Lover, who grew up in Hollis, Queens, or Ralph McDaniels from uh, New York City, who have their longest running video show, Russell Simmons, Carl Kanai, they all have said, they all have helped me on my way up. So that's probably why I'm in the chair now trying to help others because I've only experienced it from a good side and everybody only talks about and highlights the bad people who have, or selfish people who have not helped people, but I've, I've experienced a total difference, you know? Yeah. Just seeing you guys in positions of power enabled a lot of people mentally to feel like, yo, maybe I can do it. Let me shoot my shot. Let me figure out how to get this if, thing If going. you see me out there, then anybody can do it. You know, I'm short. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. I got left back. I was raised by a single mother. I never went to school. Uh, I never went to college. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a famous last name, and I didn't know anybody. And if I can make it, literally anybody can do it. So can you think back? Like on the day, the check finally cleared and you got your first absurd amount of money. Yeah. What thoughts were running through your mind going from having nothing to all of a sudden like, whoa, this is a thing now? I didn't realize how broke I was when I got my first million dollars because by the time you pay off your credit cards and pay off maybe a house to say you had a house that cost only $150,000, you pay time you pay taxes on it. You get a little bit of medical help out. You 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 buy buy one car or something like that. You're gone. You're done. You don't realize how much you are in debt until you finally make a couple of dollars. So then I had to. That's when I started to get financial intelligence and try to train people about debt. You know, not leveraging their credit cards and and how to use money. It's a tool, right? And money, if it, if it's used the wrong way, it obviously can hurt you. And that, that's what happened. I, I was like, holy crap! I really was really really broke. Um, and then I turned around and, you know, maybe 10 years later, all the ball players that I knew at that time, all the people came up in the industry, they were bankrupt and they, they had 30 and 40 and $80 million. And I was like, I'm not going to allow that to happen to me. So how do these guys blow it? Cause like, you hear these stories all the time. People win the lotto, they get yeah. a ton of money and, yeah. and like all of a sudden they're broke within a matter of years. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the stat is that over 60% of the people that win the lotto and or athletes after they retire, they're broke, they're bankrupt within three and a half years after. And people say, well, how do you, how do you, how do you lose a hundred million dollars. Well, your, your expenses are just inflated, right? The house, the mortgage is no longer $2,000 a month. It's $40,000 a month, right? So if you, if you made a hundred, a hundred million dollars, you pay taxes on that. And you, and by the time you pay your agents and everything else, it's really about $50 million, right? And after about $50 million, you buy two or three homes at four and $5 million, right? That's down to 30, right? You know, you, you invest in your cousin Pookie's business and that's another five <laughs> gone right there. And then all of a sudden the stock market goes down before you know it, you're done. Because what happened is 
you made the massive amount of wealth you could between 20 and 25. You don't have experience doing anything else because you've been the best ball player all your life, which is a big task, right? And now you're not making any more income. Unlike most of us who, you know, we're making 30,000 at 25 and 50,000 at 35 and 70,000, hopefully, right? At 50, you keep increasing, you keep learning. The majority of your wealth came at one time and you made a lot of expensive mistakes. And that's why I ended up writing The Power of Broke because, uh, you know, it shows you don't need money to make money. It shows that if you have money and you get it all at one time, you better hurry up and, and learn some financial intelligence, right? Because when you when your cousin Pookie wants to open up a business, he doesn't say, if he has a million dollars, he he creates a, a website for $100,000 instead of a Facebook page for $1,000. You're spending above the necessary means just because you feel like you have it. Exactly. And, and, that, and that's exactly the difference between the successful people and non-successful people because successful people take affordable steps and they use OPM as other people's marketing, manpower, uh, manufacturing, mind power, and everything else. They don't go and spend just money on it. Bringing it to the next phase of your career, like, you know, Shark Tank, been wildly successful. Yeah. How do you feel about the Shark Tank bootlegs? Because I've seen a couple out there. There's one where it's like, and maybe you guys are connected to it, maybe you're not. There's like well, a sports version where it's like most valuable partner or something yeah. like that. Uh, you know what? If it's going to help people and empower people, no matter what product out there or category that's out there that are empowering people, um, I'm fine with it. Who am I to, to to cast judgment on that? So again, I'm and, and that's even why I'm here, right? You know, I've been on this uh, I've been on this tour for the last five years. It's called Tap the Future, right? And um, you know, you look at something like Shark Tank and all the other things out there, and and people are trying to get on Shark Tank. There's fifty thousand people literally online to get on the Shark Tank. On you know, um, but but I've been on this tour called Tap the Future for the last five years, where you know we are giving away uh, Miller's giving away twenty thousand dollars in each city in five different cities to winners they're not taking any percentage of the company right and then those winners will go on to compete for the grand prize of a hundred thousand dollars and this is the fifth year the first uh winner the year one exited for 27 million dollars right so and the reason i'm saying that is that you know a lot of people have these aspirations and then well-needed capital if nobody's taking any uh, percentage of your company that's important, and there's a lot of products and corporations like Miller and Tap the Future who are uh, investing in communities. So if it's helping, I want to be part of it. And even if it's competition, who cares? Most you know, people are like getting some financial intelligence and and, and they get financial intelligence. They're creating jobs and they're 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 helping to get what they need to pay their bills and help their family and other people. So. I'm happy with it. You know what? There's enough garbage television out there that I'm mad at. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is positive television at the end yeah. of the day. Has there ever been a product that you kind of kicked yourself later for not buying into that ended up doing really well? I, I have, and I'll tell you why. Um, because I may not have had the same vision that the other shark did or whatever the case is. Because I've seen products that look stupid as hell to me. Mm -hmm. And Lori will invest in it. And she'll go off and do $10 million and $20 million on it because I think it's the right product meets the right entrepreneur and the right shark. Right. They have to have the same vision. You know, it's like I happen not to be into opera. So if you're an opera singer and I try to finance you, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a joy or what. I wouldn't know where to go with it. So right. you probably would be nobody if, if I invested into it. But somebody who happens to know opera would have a lot of outlets. Outside of the show, do you guys hang out? 
We do. We, 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 we all hang out. Um, Mark and I, you know, anytime there's some place to go and eat chips and drink beer, you know, we're going to do that. Uh, Barbara, I stay at her beach house. Uh, Lori, you know, we go out to uh, Chicago. I hang out with her and her husband. Uh, Kevin, believe it or not, Kevin O'Leary, I take him to the most hood clubs in the country. I used to take him to live on Sundays. And you guys see Kev walking through live on Sundays and people yelling out, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Wonderful. Hilarious. So, uh, Robert, uh, you know, I would Kids, uh, you know, still uh, they go away for the summer with each other. So we, we've all uh, become pretty close friends. But awesome. but on, on camera, you know, don't get in my way in between me and an investment. It's like you 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 playing ball with your brother or somebody else. You're going to crack your head to the white meat. I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to get at you. So you know, it's real because you know we take it personal. What do you guys do for fun? I would imagine like you know like when you're broke and you know you're limited with the, with the things you can do. You know, like you know you you aspire to do these things. Then when you finally get the money, you're able to do these things. So when do you hit that ceiling where like you know what? I'm running out of things that I find fun to do anymore. Now I have to hunt people. Like, I mean, no, <laughs> now, you, you know what, you know what? And, and so you got to remember, right? There's always going to be somebody with more than you. Right. So, so don't think that, you know, I know people that are making $30,000 a year that are having the same amount of fun that I have, because let's say I decide to go to Paris. I may go first class to Paris. I may stay in a nice house, whatever the case is. I know somebody who's going to just save up for, for a year. They're going to go into Airbnb, whatever the case is. Mark is not going to go first class. Mark's going to go on a private jet. Mark's going to stay in the mansion, but we're all going to stay in the same place. True. We're all going to go to the same beach. We're all going to go, hopefully, to the same restaurant. So, and 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 I always say to people, uh, you know, listen, I don't have nowhere near the money that Mark has. But if uh, Bill Gates woke up with Mark Cuban's money, he would cut his wrist and jump outside the window, right? Because there's always going to be somebody with more. I had a lot of fun when I didn't have money. I was on tour since I was 14, 15 years old. I saw the entire world, um, you know, just running around, and I didn't have any cares. When you were touring, what were you doing? I was I was a roadie. So, you know, you, you ever see the NWA movie where they got to Detroit and they got arrested? Yeah. Uh, we were on that. I was on that tour as a roadie for LL Cool J and Run DMC and stuff like that. And um, I've been on tour since I was young. And I didn't need, a, I didn't need money. I just needed uh, people. You don't need money. And I know money's important. Don't get me wrong because we have to pay our bills and we want to get good medical for our family. But you also can't say, wait until the time is right and I'm rich. That ain't gonna. That ain't necessarily gonna happen. And if it happens, you be prepared for it when you get there. Have a good. Enjoy life today, cause you don't know. You know, I'm happy to just have people in my circle that are willing to give people that sort of information. Listen, I've known you for years. You're you're an amazing broadcaster, and people probably think that you just walk on clouds. You got no problems, right? You come on the air, and it's just so easy. You just talk, and that's it. It's so easy for you. Everybody has challenges, problems, hopes, and dreams. And everybody thinks that everybody else is doing better because the old saying is we're all comparing our blooper reel to everybody else's sizzle reel. Everybody has issues, right? So you got to enjoy what you have right now and stop thinking that everybody else is doing better. Some of you said earlier, like how you was happier when you had less money or you still had a great time when you had less when money. I had, when I had less money, nobody, nobody was thinking about suing me. I ain't got it. Right? right, nobody's thinking about taking no picture of me. I could be walking down the block digging in my nose, and I ain't gonna be on Instagram now. I might be on Instagram. You know, I, I if I went to a Knicks game with my, one of my friends, and and I I was like in the fifteenth row because you know I I don't really watch you know sports like that. But I would just want to hang out. You know, I many people walk by me. He was like, "Yo, you all right?" I was like, "Why?" He was like, "Why are you in the fifteenth row? Diggy's yeah. on the floor. You okay, man? You broke?" And I was like, no, man, I'm it's eating a hot dog. People equate that to stuff. I went to the Apollo a couple weeks ago to go see Eric B and Rakim. They did this big 30-year yeah, right. anniversary of mm -hmm. being in full. 
and I was standing in line. This one lady was like, this can't be life. Why are you standing in line? And I'm like, because I wanted to support. It happens to me all, I'm in Target, man, looking around for something. Maybe I need, you know, well, I don't know, some washing detergent or something. They're like, yo, man, why are you here? Well, where else am I supposed to be? But you're in Target. Target got great deals. Big what do you want me to do? Deals. I wish they were bigger. Exactly. I be I be wanting Target to like overtake Walmart <laughs> all the time because like it's just such a nicer place. Yeah, yeah. Class for the mass. You know, it's a slight bias because I used to I gotta buy my Target. socks somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Quality, man. So you know, we was talking the other day. There was a story that broke. Um, we covered it on Dish. Papoose Remy Ma was sleeping coach, and internet was dragging him. And it's just like, yo, why does everybody have to fly first class? Especially if you know you gonna just jump on that plane and go to sleep anyway. How do we know the situation? They may have had a show that they were probably getting ten or twenty thousand dollars for, and the, the, all the flights were booked, and they had to get on something last minute to go pick up twenty stacks. How do how do we know what they were doing? Right? You know, listen. I've had the opportunity to have jets in my in my life and stuff like that. And I'll tell you the honest truth. The beds on the on the on Delta on Mint, I don't care if you're flying a private jet all the way back home, unless you have a bed there, it is uncomfortable to still sit in the seat, no matter what. But if you could lay down in a bed, you know, for uh, you know, a thousand dollars instead of spending thirty-five thousand dollars to get across the country, now you know exactly why a lot of the ball plays and a lot of winners are broke. That, that ticket gets up there. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I lay down in a bed and go to sleep and then somebody wakes me up and gives me a meal on a private jet. You don't necessarily do that. Now it, so I fly commercial most of the time. I don't you know, listen, uh, Warren Buffett was flying commercial and Bill Gates was flying commercial for a long period of time. These guys are making $50 billion a year. Everybody needs to stop trying to be everybody else and, ch and, and trying to keep up with the Joneses because it's not realistic. But see, I think like having those natural interactions keeps people grounded. You know, like especially like in music, a lot of times people lose touch. Of course. Because they're not doing regular things anymore. Like you can't They even got a lot of yes men around them. They're, they're only, uh, people are only giving them a lot of stuff. Yeah, go out and touch the people. You know, if you're making your decisions from 30,000 feet in the air or in the ivory white towers, you know, um, it's not going to be realistic if you don't keep your finger on the pulse that's why fubu did so well for so long because we from the hood yeah. we be out in the clubs you know in the studios and and and, and hanging out having a good time how's everything going on like on the health side of things health side is great you know i've told everybody you know i i had a, a half of my thyroid removed and then right after that two and a half weeks later they told me it was stage two cancer i shared it with everybody because i wanted people to know get early detection yes. because the reason i can sit here and jump around and do whatever i want to do is because i'm cancer free because i had early detection entrepreneurs and business people like us don't take care of ourselves we always say tomorrow we always say we'll get to it and do that because the most important thing is your health and i want people to be around in their families lives to run around and jump around have a good time i want to walk my daughters down the aisle and i'm going to be here for that unless i get hit by a truck or mr wonderful kills me but other than that it ain't going to be because of cancer <laughs> no doubt well um, that's great to hear thank man. you so uh health is wealth wealth is wealth too uh you got <laughs> both now so that's great man one time for damon John. thank you appreciate it thank you Yo, big major shout out to Damon Johns and everybody over there at Shark Tank. I need to get on that show. I got some ideas, but I don't want to be 50,001 trying to get on. But that's neither here nor there, man. But out of everything he said in that interview, the, the information was fantastic. But I was just happy to know that, you know, he beat that health scare. And, uh, you know, we got that cancer thing hopefully, uh, you know, under control, man. Because that's, that's a solid brother and his energy is always the same. You know, you run into a lot of people in this business who act funny from time to time. But Damon Johns has never been like that, man. Seemed like he always reaching back. 
back, helping out the next man. Love the way that's going down. Moving on to our next guest is a very interesting guy. Um, he's the third member of the Fuji's. Told you about that on the intro. And people never really give him his proper credit. Because, you know, when you look at, like, you know, an ensemble team, right? Somebody like the Avengers. You know, you got the Hulk who's dope in his own right. You got the Iron Man, who's dope in his own right. You also have uh, Captain America. Now, when you put all three of those people together, somebody's just going to be whacked by default because, you know, maybe this person doesn't have a set of abilities that other person, but he's still an important part of the team and you need him. And Prince was great for that. You know, he would usually kick eights on those Fuji's records, but... You know, it was a good breather in between this person and that person. And you always see him out doing positive things, doing documentaries. Uh, you know, he did this uh, really dope documentary for Haiti. We're going to get into that in the interview. And it's just good to see this brother still flourishing years after the Fuji's last album came out. Because do you realize the score came out in 1996? Or was it 95? I think his name was 96. 96. Yeah, so that's a long time to be you know, what a lot of people would consider ice cold in this business, but he's out there getting to the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Proswell. What up, what up, what up? How you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. Yo, man, congratulations on all the things you've done leading up to this moment. Because, like, a lot of people, when they think of Proz, they think of the Fugees, but a lot of people don't know about, like, the documentaries. A lot of people don't know about, like, the other business ventures that you've gone into beyond that. And that's just dope to show that you can, like, still get money in this business beyond just doing music. Most definitely. Most definitely. Word. So one of the things that got the Fuji's name buzzing again is the fact that there was a track that leaked a couple weeks ago on uh, Funkmaster Flex's show in New York. Everybody was hype. Oh, sweat. New Fuji's project coming. Only to get the air shot out of the balloon by Lauryn Hill was like, yo... I don't know nothing about no new Fuji's record. Don't know who leaked it. I got my suspicions. But she had to say something different. Well, I mean, listen, the Fuji, I mean, the, the record is real in the sense of like we did record it when we were trying to do the reunion like a couple years back. Um, almost a decade, actually a decade ago. Um, but it wasn't officially released. You know what I'm saying? But it's so funny because my man called me when I was happy to just land in New York. And it was on a Saturday, and Flex is just dropping bombs. They're like, new Fuji, new Fuji. I'm like, Fuji. But I, I heard he was playing an old Fuji record. So I'm like, what's this thing he's dropping the bombs on? And then he came with this record. I'm like, oh, man, this, is, this record is, is old. And people was just vibing to it. You know, people was loving it. So my thing is, people loving it. Let people love it. Right. You know Let it be great. Let it be what it is, you know? I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's 12 years old. It sounds like we just went in the studio the other day and put it together. So, it can compete. Yeah, so, you know, but I know Shorty sent the, uh, a, uh, a tweet. I don't know this thing, but I got my suspicion who did it. And then... Your man came was like, yo, I ain't got to do with it. <laughs> so, so how does this record get out there? Like from the studio to you guys' hard drives to the radio? No, I think what probably happened, really there's a tight leash on all the work we did, right? Mm -hmm. But the studio where my man has it, and he's family, there's a lot of people that come in and out. Like, you know, it's a turnover, like interns or whatever. Probably somebody, he probably played it. Like, because there's always time people reminisce and whatever, old videos that we shot when we was on tour in Europe and whatever. So maybe somebody saw it and just snatched it, you know what I'm saying, to you, and then just kind of like, I don't know how Flex got it. That's the part I don't understand. 
Now, quietly, though, Wyclef, he put out a mixtape, probably at this point, maybe six, maybe seven years ago. And it had like five or six unreleased Fuji songs on it. And them joints was slamming. Really? Yeah, like it wasn't something that was like super duper released. But I have I have it on CD. Yeah, like five, six, maybe seven, like new Fuji's records on there. Nah, it's probably, you know, I'm gonna tell you what probably happened. So like, for example, when I went, after we did the score, part of the music for his carnival was music that we was gonna do for the next Fuji album. Got you. So then what happened is we just actually went separate. We just decided like, all right, Clef, you go do your thing. I did Ghetto Superstar, she did Miss Education, but technically all three of them could have been this one Fuji album, like pieces and all that, right? Yeah. So I think what you probably heard was stuff that Clef was working on that was going to be for the Fujis. Got you. And he just, but it wasn't actual Fujis. Like this record that leaked is actually a, a Fuji Fuji's record. record. So it's not like somebody taking pieces and putting it together. It was actually Fuji record that we recorded. We just never went through with the whole project. So what happens on the day where everyone just decides, you know what, there ain't gonna be no new Fuji album and it is what it is. Why was there stuff happening and then all of a sudden there was no record? Man, you know, I think the thing with us is it has to feel right. I was telling somebody like just three, four months ago, um, we got an offer just to go on the road for about couple months. It was like a 90, $90 million payday. But, you know, when I went to speak to Lauren, it was just like the energy, like we had to be in a good space. When I say good space, not that we're not in a good space, but we don't want to just go chase a check. Right. We want like, if we're going to do something for the people, it's going, we're going to give it 1,000. Not like, okay, prize on stage, but then I'm thinking about my, my other deals or Clef is thinking about this, or whatever. It's going to be like, yo, we all in this, and we're going to give the fan, we're going to leave everything on the stage. That's what we want. Can we clap it up one time for people who can leave $90 million on the table? $90 million is $90 million. Like, like, man, I would go on stage with someone I want to murder for $90 million. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the thing is, you know, look, when we did the score, that's the last work we did together, obviously. So... If we're not going to do something that's going to be not just as good, but better, mm -hmm. then we just kind of like want to like stay away from it. You know what I'm saying, too? But, but as far deep, as like collectively speaking. Deep down in your heart, do you feel like you guys have the passion, the energy, and the ability in the tank to create something bigger and better than the score? We could. I mean, obviously the window's closing. But I think we could, especially for what's going on musically right now. Like I was telling somebody, this generation right here, I think is a better generation than my generation. In the sense of like, this generation is all about, is the music piping. Where my generation was about, well, who are you down with? You down with Bad Boy, Death Row, This Is, So So right. Death. This, is, this generation, they don't care. It's about, they don't care about what label you signed to, did L.A. re-sign you? Did Tommy Mottola sign you? It's like, is this thing piping? Is it hot? Boom. So I think if 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 if, if we came with people just judging it based on the music, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Word. When is the last time you, Wyclef, and Lauren were all in the same room? What year is this? 2017. Uh, 2006. 
It's been 11 years. Yeah. What about, okay, different combinations? Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. I've, you, have I've, you hung out with Clef since then? I've seen, the person I've seen late, lately and been with was Lauren Hill. Okay. How That's, long ago was that? A couple months ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. How's she, how's she doing, like, emotionally? She's great. I mean, she's in her zone. Right. See, the thing is, everybody doing their thing, so it's kind of like the thing she's doing, she's happy with. Right. Uh, I'm going to assume the thing, Clef is, because I haven't spoken to Clef, I haven't seen him maybe over a year or so, but the thing he's doing, he's great. The great thing is, we so blessed because this Fuji thing was so blessing for us that it led us to do whatever we want to do. Got you. So I'm able to say, you know, you know, a lot of people see me and they be like, damn, man, you still alive? I'm like, I'm alive and I'm fabulous. Right. You know, like, <laughs> Skin glowing. Bro, <laughs> you see the paddock, man. You know what it is, man. Peacock. I mean, for those who you can't know? see what's going on here, like, I mean, like, <laughs> like how, much, how much is a watch like that? Oh, this is about $450,000. $450,000? Yeah, you Google it. Like, what else does it do? It doesn't do anything else but tell the time, but it has a peacock on it. You know what okay. I mean? Hey, like, what's the and brand? It's real. Hey, like, Scooby, I, I have a. Protect Philippe. I got a Fitbit. That's a what? Protect Philippe. Protect Philippe. New yeah. watch alert? Is anybody else rocking that? Yeah, you. Yeah. You, Khaled, Rick Ross, McMills. Yeah. I got to do something different. But see, I collect watches. <laughs> okay. So yeah. th is that your prized possession? Yeah. No, that's not my prize. I got a, I got a watch sitting in my house about 800 grand. So let's just say when the battery goes out on that There's watch, no battery. Holy shoot. Like, what power is it? The wrist. You got to move the wrist. <laughs> I, I, Shit, I'm being serious. Oh, wow. Okay, so so it's motion power. Yeah, yeah. I learned something today. Yeah. You know, you did a documentary a couple years ago, Sweet Mickey for President. Yeah. Dope piece of work. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. A oh, word. You, yeah. you, uh, I think you phoned in for it. Oh, right, 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 right. You talked about it. I went right, to the screening. Right. Yo, it was dope. Thank you. It was thank dope. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had no idea, like, all those things were going on in Haiti. That right, was great. Right. Uh, beyond that, Anything else you like, you know, investing in, like uh, finance-wise, like far as well. Like, you know, I'm films? doing, I'm doing films, I'm doing technology, renewable energy, you know, doing a lot of things, man. You know, you gotta get that money. I'm in Africa, just came back from Sudan. Um, I just, um, the government just gave me about a couple tons of gold mine. I'm about to exploit right they gave now. Gave you a whole gold mine? Yeah. Like, how, like, how do we apply for that? <laughs> you don't apply for that. You just gotta go and have a relationship. But basically, what we're gonna do is exploit the gold mine. And where the government get a piece of it so they can, you know, reinvest back in the country Tight. and, you know, make my paper off of it. Man, that, that's, that's very impressive. Um, so investments. Uh, a lot of people, they come in the game, they have a few hit records, then, you know, it gets cold. It happens right. to everybody. You know, right. everybody can't last forever. Right. What do you recommend all artists do that are in this business right now to extend the longevity of their career or, like, their financial career? I would say you need to invest your money. I, the rule of thumb is to try to save at least 40% of what you make. Gotcha. Okay, right? Because there's going to be that time when you're going to dip. And so also you got to think about, I would say pay your taxes. I would say if you have an accountant or business manager, you should pay attention to every single check that's written. You should not have them write a check without your signature on it. Because all of a sudden things just start disappearing. By the time you figure it out, it's too late to get that money back. You think I'm lying? Ask Johnny Depp. Yeah. See what I'm saying, too? If it can happen to him, he got the biggest, the best. Now, if it can happen to him, imagine what's going to happen to a little rap star. Like, even in the rap game, like, when you, look, when you like hear that Tupac was broke when he died, it's like, how? 
when you hear that Jam Master Jay was doing weird stuff at the time of his death, it's like, how? You know, like because because we know what happened is the money's coming in so fast, you automatically psychologically think that it's gonna keep coming forever. And so you gotta understand, us as black folks, because we're not used to money, so a million dollars, we think we're rich, but that's not wealth. It's right. about building wealth so you don't ever have to worry about it and your kids' kids don't have to worry about it. It's about building wealth. And you can't, if you know rap game, there's no reason why you can't build wealth because you can make it so much money. It's just how you invest your money and where you put your money. People just spend their money on craziness. You know, like, I'm never going to walk in a strip club and make it rain 50 stacks if I don't have 20 million sitting in the bank. I hear that. You understand what I'm saying? I got 20 minutes in the bank. I'm going to drop it. No, because that's only about one, that's less than 1% of what you actually have sitting in the bank. What's the most absurd thing you've purchased? A Basquiat. Uh, painting? Yeah. From actual Basquiat. Not a duplication. <laughs> right? My man, everything I rock is real. From the Goyard, Dolce, Protect, wrist look like a shisha bob. <laughs> <laughs> everything, my man. I, I, I'm on I'm between Rave. the to go along with the interview. Like, yeah, like Rave, I, everything. I never noticed people's bags, but I noticed your bag. Man, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of people rocking fake shoe. Mm. I don't know if I can say that word, but rocking fake thing. I don't nothing of I'd rather not wear if it's fake. Do you even like like do you even imitation cereal? Like no. like real Captain Crunch. Everything is real. I love it. Everything. I love it. And it's, it's dope to see cats, you know, from a certain era still out there getting it. Not not struggling, because you, you see the story all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just about being smart. That's I all it's that. about. You know, and I, I'm happy. I'm in the game. You know, I'm working on a new project. Go Prize Present. I just want to let you know. I got my my homegirl, Young and May. We got a single together, Pump Faking. I want to give a big shout-out to Rick, Rick Rose. Thanks for that verse. Next single is me, Rick, and Mary J. Blige. It's going to be fire on the next project. You got to shoot me these records, man. Yeah, listen, it's going to be hot. Can't wait to hear it. Well, we got to get ready to uh, do a couple things right okay. here. But two questions for you before you go. Yes, sir. Um, a lot of big Fuji records. What was what was the Fuji's bad and bougie? The song that you wish you were on that you weren't? You mean I was, that's not a Fuji record? Yeah. Imagine Killing Me Softly with verses from Wyclef and Prize. That was a big tune. That's a big record. Yeah, I would, yeah. Could you have seen yourself, or is there an alt version with you rhyming on it? Or Wyclef? We tried it. We tried it. Mm. We tried it. It was hot, but we were like, we felt like let her, because we didn't want to mess with what the original record was. Gotcha. Just let her vocals pierce through that record. By the way, that record helped us sell over 20 million records worldwide, so I'm not mad at it. I don't mind sitting back, let it do what it do, and I'm collecting the check, because that's what I was about. I mean, I'm about cash. killing my check. You already know, man. Dirty <laughs> cash. Cool. Do you have the demo version of that? No, I don't have the demo. Okay. No, right. no, no, no. Well, it's not going to get leaked. Okay. In parting, on a scale of, like, the black lady from Get Out saying, no, 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 no. And a little John enthusiastic, yeah, what are the chances of us getting... Fuji's album in the next five years? I would say... It's as good as a chance of before Donald Trump got elected of people thinking, would he get elected? That means pretty... Not likely, but it could happen. 
Is that what we're going for with that? Not likely, but it could happen. Anything could happen. Say what? Say Any, what? Say anything what? Anything could happen. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for it, man. Like, you guys have no idea how many uh, how many rough days you guys' music got us through. And not even just the, the, the Fuji stuff. Like, Ghetto Superstar. I got it, 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 it radio it, it, because it, I wanted to meet and possibly have sex with Maya. Oh, wow. That didn't happen, but... Yeah. It can still happen. It can. Anything yeah. can happen. It was a good era, man. Atlanta, I'm gonna be honest with you, Atlanta was a big inspiration for us coming up, you know, with Outkast, Goody Mob, you know, y'all had that, y'all had that scene popping and still piping right now, you know, so it helped inspire us, man. So just to let you know, we got inspired by this scene too when it was when that was part of our inspiration. Like I'm a new Atlanta transplant, like crazy thing, you probably don't even remember this. I actually went on tour with you guys uh, during the carnival tour. I was with a band called Cool Bone. And like every night, you guys like ripped this, ripped it down. It was you, John Forte, Cannabis. Before y'all started bringing the line on tour. Oh yeah. And I, I had like mini dreads back then. You probably didn't even recognize me. You know what's so funny? I feel like I remember this vaguely. Yeah, West Coast. We was like Vancouver, uh -huh, Phoenix, right, Arizona. Right, 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 I grew right. up on that tour. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> like it was a lot. That was going a cool on. tour. That was a cool tour. It was tour. a great tour, yeah, and you yeah. guys smashed it every night. Oh, and every thanks. night, you was always cool and cordial to the fans. And I think that's why people rock with you, man. So, yo, prize, continue success. Shoot me those new records. Yes, yes. Oh, that Mary record is coming. Looking for You're it. You're going to get that Young and May record, too. It's I, coming. I wrote down some brands, um, Peacock watches. Yeah, Protect Philippe, Goyard. You know I'm, I'm going to have to wait on the Goyard bag. I'm going to have to do something else. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. All right, man. But one time, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fugees, from his own situation as well, one time for prize, well. No doubt, no doubt. Big shout out to Damon Johns and Prize from the Fugees. And I think the takeaway from all these kids is, listen, you can buy outlandish things, but make sure you got your finances in order before you do that. You know what I'm saying? So you don't be like one of these people out here, broke and poor, because you made wrong decisions. You bought a convertible mansion, and you live in Miami, and it's going to rain three times a day. Don't do that, folks. Invest your money wisely, live long and prosper, all that good stuff, man. So, uh, in the meantime, between time, this is After Hours Podcast, Episode 9. And for those who didn't hear that Fuji's record we was talking about in the prize interview, here go a little bonus cut. Check it out. Uh-huh. Oh, ain't no more falling down right now. Stand up. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wish this joint was Come on. off the Take ground. off. Take off. Take off. Take off. This is some Adam and Eve shit. Cain and Abel shit. Niggas been warm shit. Get it and gone shit. On when the song shit. Some Louis Vuitton shit. Niggas should pawn shit. Might have been gone shit. Eat up my corn shit. Veil has been torn shit. Some top of the pop shit. When do they drop shit? Shout as they pop shit. This hotter than hot shit. Thought we forgot shit. Some get the red hot shit. This is some super cat shit. Red stripe shit, some actual hype shit, some thief in the night shit. This is some dead right shit. Sometimes we fight shit, some make up and write shit, spark and ignite shit. Yeah, we gon' be here. Don't rock me too hard though. Oh yeah, ain't no falling down right now. Ready? Yeah. I wish this blank was on. Y'all ready to take off? Take off. 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 Take
Autobahn shit, roof like LeBron shit, black Serbian shit, Bible or Quran shit, yellow cab, blue Bottega back in the armpits, bidding at the auction, Andy Warhol shit, do the interview with CNN, North Korea crisis, but I've been speaking the truth, so they ain't advertise it, fuck it, I'm at Prada going savage on some fly shit, new McLaren, Dilla had to teach me how to try things, peacock shit, grill in the pot shit, stone tripping everywhere, think I need a mop shit, cockpit, keep the rape in LA, then ship it to Florida, Holly Berry came to Haiti, we cleaning the water. Mmm, Rodeo Drive on a late night Yeah, circle the block like a great white Take flight, Gucci Bible on the right Nigga, the flow ain't been this big since March night R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, yeah Don't let me fall down, come on Understand me I wish this blank was off the ground Take off, take off, take off Take off, take off Uh, I don't curse much, but do he a motherfucker Listen, motherfucker, I'm a crazy motherfucker I work for what I got, you a lazy motherfucker The money that you borrow, pay back, motherfucker You tell your girl you love her just to fuck her, motherfucker See her next day, try to duck her, motherfucker How many of y'all know a selfish motherfucker Lies say his mom got cancer, man, that motherfucker Then he copped the Hummer license plate, should say motherfucker Cause motherfucker don't even care about his motherfucker Two weeks later, motherfucker crashed the Hummer Now that's what I call karma, karma, motherfucker Now I'm stuck in traffic, bumper, bumper with these motherfuckers Should've took the jet, I would've been gone, motherfucker Don't let me fall down, come on Understand me. I wish this was off the Take off, 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 take off,